On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss the Bare Naked Ladies songs one at a time alphabetically. It's a podcast where you know, we are friendly with the songs that we like and polite <laughs> with the songs that we don't. We don't know Bare Naked Ladies personally, but we wish they would be our best damn friends. And I am Tracy, your host, and tonight I'm joined by my friends... Aaron. <laughs> and Michelle. Although I'm missing my best damn friend... Bobby. Yes. Yeah, we, we all miss, miss Bobby. Bobby. And this week's song is, if you haven't guessed it, Best Damn Friend. And we'll go. I'll be a hero. I'll be a man. I'll be a best damn friend till the end. 60. Off Grinning Streak from 2013. It's a song written, I would say, mostly by Ed Robertson with some, some adding from the band and uh i don't have a lot a lot of information on this even though i've searched high and low for information on this song so why don't we just start right in with music okay well prepare yourselves folks because i have been drinking haterade today. Ooh. that's the problem deal with angry people they try to go it alone digging in and making cranky feeble please that other angry disown so i'm just gonna forewarn you there okay so uh best damn friend is set at exactly 114 beats per minute they must have used a metronome or a click track because while i was trying to find the bpm i noticed it was pretty exact so i set up a 114 metronome and it stayed in sync throughout the entire song which is unusual because usually they seem to be kind of um, a little bit of play, a give and take, and rushing and dragging, which <clears throat> as a jazz musician I really appreciate. The song's written in D major, and you've got a chord progression of D, A, E, A, or 1, 5, 2, 5. And it's over and over <laughs> and over and over <laughs> again. It's so boring. I'm sorry to be a hater, but damn, this one was boring. Uh, same chord progression with some very slight variations in the verse, chorus, and the instrumental sections. No bridge. Uh, the structure is pretty much uh, intro, which is really the A. Verse is A. So intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, chorus. Musical, like instrumental interlude, which we'll call it A. And then chorus, chorus. So that's, I guess you'd, be, you'd call that like an A-A-B-A-B-B-A-B-B song structure, but if I'm being brutally honest, I would just call it an A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A song structure. Then they just faded out in the chorus. Now, look, it's not the worst thing that I've ever heard, but it's just so basic. I mean, I hate to use that word. I feel like I'm accusing the song of enjoying pumpkin spice lattes, but it just feels like, and I hate to say this because it's possible this is a very personal song to one or more of the band members, but the word I guess I keep trying to refrain from using is filler. It felt like, oh man, we need one more song to round out the album. Let's just jam on this groove over and over and hammer something out, you know? And it, it also didn't help that they were doing the Rage Against the Machine thing with the bass and the guitar playing the exact same part, at least in the verse. Yes, I was wondering about that. In the chorus, they 
pretty much were in unison, but the guitar played chords with the bass groove. And look, it, it was a good groove. I was nodding my head, and I just really wanted this song to really go somewhere, and it felt like, I don't know, the song sounds like a Chevy ad, and that's like a perfect image to represent it, <laughs> I think. It's a decent enough shiny new truck spinning its tires in the mud going nowhere. Sorry, guys. I just didn't like this one. <laughs> I hear you. I I think you said it was so damn boring. Did you say that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I agree. Um, I just meh. It just it went in one ear and out the other. I I wanted to find something to love about it, but it just was like meh. <laughs> Almost like they were trying too hard, but they weren't even trying at all in a way. Like, oh, we made a song. Right. <clears throat> and like there was nothing interesting about <laughs> it. There I just not that it I I didn't hate it. I didn't feel anything about it. It was just like yeah. meh. Yeah. And I hate to say that because I love these guys. But that, that's how <clears throat> right. And uh, exactly. Well, and there were a couple things I liked about it. Like, I've never heard them before do what you were saying, Aaron, which is have have the lead guitar and the mm. bass play the same notes. I can't think of another song that they've done prior to this one. So that might have been like, oh, I got this great idea. Mm. Let's do this I thing. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, like when it came to the chorus the the lead and the bass would then split and and do separate things and then come back together again on the verses again. I think that was because they had like a basic, you know, groove and then they would just kind of improvise slightly. So I noticed that the, the bass would like walk up and then down instead of down and then up on one part. But it to me, it was all so similar. It, it barely, you know, it, it, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't I don't want to be a hater, but. I just drag you down Just watch me drag you down Until you just like us uh, I just did not, no, you know, I don't okay. hate this song, like I said. It, it's just, meh, you know? It's very, very skippable song. So I like the music on this song, and... It was a good groove, me, like I said. Right, it's one of those songs I'm listening to in the radio, and I can sit there and I'll sing along with it. Yeah. But can we... Let's move on to lyrics, because my inta- my my take on the lyrics is, I don't know what the f- the song is about. Well, hold on one thing before we move on. I want to say if there if there oh, had okay. been a bridge, that might have saved this song. If there had been something really interesting in the middle or or the, like the the last quarter that went somewhere different, uh, I think that could have made it a lot more enjoyable. But yeah, as far as the lyric, what did you think, Michelle? You know what's funny is that I'm looking them up right now because honestly, <laughs> the song was so. Uh, I want. I mean, I tried to find something to latch onto. Like, okay, well, it sounds this way, but maybe there's something. I just, I didn't find anything really redemptive in the lyrics. It felt like it was trying to be too clever but didn't it fell flat it was like a lot of empty wordplay empty wordplay okay here's you said it great because i feel like ed whom i love i think ed is amazing and when he turns a phrase nicely yeah oh yeah like like really great do that really he's really good at it but when he's trying too hard it's just like oh come on and i felt like this was that like you can do better than this. This was the album's got to be released well, in one month song. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like the words are there, but there's no passion or soul behind it. I know. Can, it, Tracy, could you 
Well, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, either that or the other thing, like either that or it's too deep. Like you had said earlier, Aaron, this means something to one of the band members. It might, yeah. So either, so so that's it's it's going to be one or the other. Either this means absolutely nothing and it's a bunch <laughs> of empty wordplay, or this means something like really deep to them, but they're so. I don't know what the correct word is here, but they're so vague yeah. with their lyrics and they're jumping around it so much that we never figure out what it is that's so important to this band member. I'm gonna Maybe go on it's the Ed to Steven. It could be. Reading the lyrics, I'm like, oh, that would be nice if it was from Ed to it Steven. Reconcil- it's a kind of reconciliation. Uh-huh. But um, Tracy, if I were, I, you, can you tell me uh, where in the track listing of the album this song falls? Because my guess would be right around the middle. Oh. I would try and bury this. <laughs> right in the middle of this for me i'm just um you you did what i do to you sometimes <laughs> you asked the question that wasn't prepared <laughs> sorry. for it's gonna take sorry. me a minute to pull that while up. you Hold do that on. let me give you <laughs> let me give you my take on the lyrics lyrically speaking maybe the fact that the song goes nowhere musically is intentional because my first impression was okay generic song about relationship that had troubles and the guy wants to make it better and seeks forgiveness reconciliation and makeup sex but he keeps saying the same thing, right? Repeating the chorus over and over and over. And if you look at the lyrics, he isn't saying much in the verses. He says, actions speak louder, but only when they're spoken to. And lines like, it might look bleak, so I'll just imagine for the both of us, make me think that maybe the other person in the relationship isn't as hopeful about patching things up. So maybe this song is about being creepy and stalking your ex after they break up with you. (laughs) Maybe. Or maybe it is about Steve. It could be. Maybe. Like, this is the second album after yeah, the break. It could well be. And they've, in a lot of the interviews, they were saying this was a much happier album, a, lot, a much more hopeful album. Whereas the album before this, just when Steve left, was a very sad, very angry type album. This one was kind of the hope and, and return to happiness. So, yeah, like, this could be. I could see how maybe he's speaking vaguely about Steve. And wanting to repair. So possibly. I mean I, I'm looking at the lyrics. Though, and it's still like. It's still too vague to me. To make it make sense. You know. Um, so this one. This song is eighth on the album. It comes right after. Give it back to you. And right before. Did I say that out loud. Um. I wish I could say that I know Give It Back to You better. Um, obviously, I'll become more acquainted with that mm. in a year from now. Um, did I say that out loud is um, is a much is a very peppy song as well. Um, so very much like this. This is kind of like that rock anthem kind of feel to it. Mm. Like I can sing to it. And, and it was it's interesting because this song like brought up so much interesting things i think it's also based on our discussion last week about beautiful like it brought up such interesting things for me about what i do with songs it probably wasn't until we really started doing this podcast that i sat down and started breaking down what songs really are about and it's like songs were just songs that i kind of sang to and sometimes they meant stuff to me like elton john's like sad songs say so much and i guess that's why they call it the blues like that would hit me and i knew why that hit me but for most songs i listened to on the radio it was i knew the words i sang the words but i didn't really reflect on what the words were 
And since we've started doing this podcast, especially this week after our discussion about Beautiful and after as I've been listening to this song and trying to figure out what this song really means and going, I've been singing to a song I have no idea what the words are actually <laughs> supposed to say, that I listen to other songs and I'm like, I've been listening to like Once Bitten, Twice Shy to be like, that's a really disgusting male egocentric chauvinistic song holy cow a lot of that was yeah right and then like working my way back to you by the temptations and spinners like same thing like here's this person like a lot of these songs i'm like they're starting to click and i'm like how did i like they're still peppy and fun to sing to but i'm like holy cow that has a whole different Mm. feel now that i know what it really means or maybe it's cold outside yeah that's nice yeah (laughs) (laughs) Have a roofie. Stay over. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yes. Anyway. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, I don't... Maybe this song is about Steve, because I could see that. So, Ed's an atheist. Well, he's not an atheist. He has come out and said that he's an agnostic. Um, So, that line, this atheist could have used confessional... I could see maybe he's talking about himself there because I don't think Steve's an atheist. He's he's the son of a of a he's the son of a Jewish person and and a Christian person. Uh, so he kind of does both the religions. I thought he identified as Jewish, Stephen. I thought he did, but maybe not. I know I've I know I know I've heard him talk about it before. Well, he had his bar he had his bar mitzvah and all that, but he. he it was a family that had both religions, if I nice. remember correctly. I'm gonna when we hit the Christmas songs this year, I'll I'll be reviewing that more of that at that point because we have some Hanukkah songs coming up after I, that. So can I just say one thing? I do like that first line. Talk was cheap till I started talking to professionals. Yeah. Like that's clever. <laughs> that is clever. That's clever. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, but as a person who's a professional, I didn't. <laughs> right there, we go. <laughs> And, so that was yeah. one of your favorite lines. It, I mean, that was sort of like, okay. I'll, but it just, you know, it's those songs that it just feels like there's nothing there. Like, it's 2.4 minutes of my time that has gone. It's not like Break Your Heart or Convention Ears or Thanks, That Was Fun. I mean, come on. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no... If there is something here, I'm not seeing it. That's all. It's not affecting me. I don't have an emotional connection to the song, and that's why I listen to the Bare Naked Ladies. Mm. Yeah, no, I couldn't connect it to it either. I just, I did like the song. I did like the yeah the song. I did like the lyric that it's not weak to remake amends the way I've chosen mm. to. I like that line. Um, so I connected to that line, but the rest of them I just didn't. Well. I couldn't make anything Again, out. like I think some of the problems with the lyrics might be related to the musical structure because they keep repeating uh. the chorus. If there was more development in the verses or there was a bridge or something, there might have been more lyrical content that might have given some insight into this and maybe made an emotional connection. I really do feel like there's so much repetition, it's hard to it's hard to get it. The song is missing Stephen's bridge of reveal. Uh, exactly. Yes. Like those are what make the song so interesting. And I get that he's not in the band at this point, but that's what it's missing. So should we jump to ratings? I think so. Let's do it. Stop, drop and roll, and I will tell you where I'm coming from. You've done a lot of yelling, pointed at my ears. 
Let's do All it. All right. Um, I I'm, the rating scale this week is how many mess are we giving this song? Meh. Um, <laughs> how many mess? Meh. Um, I'm giving it a 2.5. I was going to give it a 3 just because it's sort of catchy, but as I listen to it more, I'm just like, I don't really care that much. and it's It not... wears out its welcome pretty quickly. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, it's not, it's not awful. It's not... It's not anything, so I gave it a two point five. Um, mm -hmm. uh, since you're the hater, Aaron, I'm gonna save you for last because it's always exciting. <laughs> Tracy, what do you? How many mez do you give this song? Do you have the the index up in front of you? I do. So, what did I give other ones that are between two point five and three? Uh, another spin you gave 2.5. Another heartbreak you gave 2.75. I don't see um, uh, Bag of Bones you it. gave it two. All right. Good. I like this better than another spin. I don't like it enough for a three. Like I said, I'll sing to it on the radio. I enjoy it. It's catchy, especially the chorus. Um, but I just, I need something to connect it to, to bring it to that next level. So I'm going to say 2.8. Oh, okay, Aaron. I want to hear your <laughs> breakdown. Well, you know what, Michelle? You and I are uh, in 100% agreement and sync. I gave it a 2.5 mez because it's a competent enough song. There is nothing wrong with this song. It's not ugly. It's not harsh to listen to. But it's so mediocre. It's so average. It just There's nothing unique or special about it. I mean, I feel, to me at least. It just doesn't scream bare naked ladies. Like, you know, the stuff that we've heard so far has all been so, I don't know. They, they just have a, a lot of bombacity and uniqueness. And I just, this seemed like I could have been any band. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, Ed, you know, you've got some very specific kind of voices. But, like, it, there's nothing, if, if I hadn't heard the voice or known, you know, I wouldn't have really guessed it was a bare naked ladies song. It was just kind of, here's generic rock song number 3,564. <laughs> <laughs> So yes. it's not a bad song at all, but it's not a great song. I wish this was a video podcast you know, it, it, because I would have loved for the audience to see yeah. your <laughs> hand motions. My hand gestures yes. from doing the Italian hands. But um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing bad about it. But 2.5 is right in the middle. You know, it's, it's a mess. Mad. You know, I certainly don't hate the song. I don't hate the song. I won't be angry if it comes on the radio. But like, uh, you know, I'm certainly not going to be uh, looking it up to listen to it anytime soon. So my apologies to the band. I mean, you know, you guys make a lot of great music, so this one just didn't resonate with Or me. most of us. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And that puts the song dead last so far. Oh, my wow. God. Yep. We've done 26 shows, I believe, and this is number 26. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, we've all had ones that are lower than this. Yes, we do. Individually. Let's not bring that up. No, we don't need to bring those ones up. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, like it, it, individually, there are some that are lower. But in terms of the average, like this is we, this we're, is the we're all one. in agreement. Meh. I mean, I think we'll hit some lower ones down the road, especially once we start hitting like uh, buck naked and stuff, because the quality goes down just because there's you know of a number of things. But for now, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Like this is that that meh average. We we expect more from them. We do. So that brings me to the appearance for this week. There was an 
interview that Ed did for Grinning Streak, which it wasn't meh. It was actually a lot of fun to watch where they did an elevator interview on New York Live, which I think I want to say was on NBC. It's on the same channel as the Today Show because Lester was on it. Lester Holtz, I think is his name. But he wasn't the one interviewing, but they did an interview going up and down the inter- elevator and people would come on and, and be surprised that Ed Robertson was on the elevator with them and he would just take requests and start singing different people's stuff. And it was actually a lot of fun to, to watch. So, um, And he just had his normal upbeat personality. So I would have loved to have stepped on an elevator and have Ed ask for my request. Like... <laughs> What would you have requested? Probably, probably, thanks, that was fun. Ooh, that would be, yeah. And it would sound great in the elevator. Like, that would just, it would be awesome. Now, realize, he, most <laughs> of the songs that he sang, I mean, he sang one week a lot. Like, people, like, busted that out quite a bit. Aaron, I know you don't know the band a ton, so but a lot of the songs weren't B&L songs that he was busting into, so... If you could ask him to just like burst out into mm. any song randomly on the spot, what would you see if he could pull off? That's an interesting question. You know, I'd really like to hear him play something by Elliot Smith. Just kind of, you know, because he's got a lot of energy, but I, I also feel a lot of emotional resonance and some kind of. Okay, well, I'm, you know me. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of sweet, sweetly <laughs> melancholic music. <laughs> So uh, it'd be kind of interesting to hear him play some Bailey Smith, maybe like uh, Miss Misery or um, maybe Bled White, (laughs) but that's me. What's that song that Tool, not Tool, but the, the offshoot of Tool. um, Perfect Circle. Yes. Uh, What's that? They did a great cover. Three Libras. I would love for, I would love for Ed on the elevator to do an acoustic version of Three Libras. That would be awesome. Well, yeah, you're right. That'd be really cool. I was thinking of the bathroom sessions when I was thinking about the Elliot Smith stuff because of the yes. stuff that can be done with just the guitar and voice. Blackbird by the Beatles. I'd love Ooh. to hear him sing that. That would be. Gorgeous. And he would do such a nice job with the chord progression. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He would. He would. He probably does a great job with that song already. Yeah, I'm sure he's played it at some point in his life. I'm sure he sounded <laughs> great. I mean, honestly, it's always you know. It's, I, it's, I hate to, to come on here and pour on the haterade, but uh, yeah. <laughs> just just didn't, you know, like I said, there's so many great ones that they have that they can't all be uh, complete grand slams. Exactly. No, even even the Beatles had ones that were not great songs. And yeah, exactly. you know, I, I'm sure there's some Beatles fans out there would be like, what are you talking about? But as a person to listen to Alphabetical, <laughs> even on Alphabetical, there were ones, there were songs that were not up there in the pantheon um, i don't know how much i mean i love the beatles but i don't know if i want to hear them sing my bonnie lies over the ocean too many times <laughs> <laughs> the early skiffle stuff a lot of the covers were yeah, okay i like the post-drugs beatles <laughs> so i want to add in one quick new segment since we have a little bit of time and it's the perfect week to do this um i i'm actually really hopeful i want to build on this each week um, or at least in, when it's applicable, and kind of go over a historical fact about the band. This week, July 11th, 1987, was the day that Stephen and Ed separately attended a Peter Gabriel concert, <laughs> ran into each other at a Harvey's restaurant afterwards, and discussed wow. their shared musical talents and tastes. 
And this is the first major interaction between the two. They had both been at camp before. They had known who each other was in school because they were a year apart in school in Scarborough. But this was their first major action, interaction talking about things that they love. I think this is an important date in history to to recognize. And I'd like to try to start working our way through their first year on the first big dates that come through. So That's cool. That, that's interesting. That's I, uh, awesome. That summer, because Ed and Steve and I are all the same age, I went to music camp that summer and met a lifelong friend there who I would later meet again at the University of Maine at Orono. We lived on the same floor, and it was just sort of like, bam, there we were. And we're still friends to this day, the best of friends. Wow. So I want to give a shout-out to Scott Stanley. I'm only sharing this because it just put into context, like, the magic that happened when Steve and Ed, like, connected. Mm-hmm. I was having my own connection at the same time. <laughs> I was having my own magic connection at the same time. <laughs> so it's just sort of like... Was it, was it kind of a, a magical explosion? It was a magical explosion. Yeah, we both we both are very creative. Um, like, Would you say it was a big magical explosion? It was like a big bang. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and speaking of big bangs, that's our song next week. <laughs> Perfect. That's exactly what it was like. Worlds collided and everything changed. A whole new humanity was forged. A whole new world. Oh, well, that was a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. See you next time. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Except maybe... This is one of those weeks where I had nothing planned for the transition, and it worked out perfectly. It did. <laughs> Thank you, I universe. Like, I have nothing. Where are we going with this? <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. It took me a second. You both had to say it a couple of times, but I caught on. <laughs> what would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts 
or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.